Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas, recording episode, I don't know, 216 or something along the lines. Uh, and today I have with me John Warren. Uh, John is a lifelong life insurance uh, executive. Uh, and in the, for the last few years, been playing in the intersection between insurance and, and insure tech. John, thank you for joining me today. How's it going? Thank you, Tony. It's, it's great. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. And uh, you are in uh, Michigan, right? According to your LinkedIn? Correct, correct. I'm in Detroit. Okay, okay. and we are recording uh, April 14th. So I'm guessing that either it's beautiful or it's like snowing. Well, you know, today we're having the, the yesterday it was 70, today it's upper 50s with 40 to 60 mile an hour wind gusts. So we've we've had winter, fall, spring one, winter two, <laughs> fall, spring two. And now I think we're going back to winter this weekend. And I think that's gonna be it. Probably the last one. Okay. Yeah. That, that's not that's not too bad. Okay, perfect. So so let, let's start with, with 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 the with the consulting. So for so for the last Two and a half, almost three years. You you you've been doing kind of strategic advice, consulting. Uh, what 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 have you been focused on? So it, it's it's really kind of funny. I've been, as you mentioned, I've been in the insurance industry all of my professional life, and it's been life and annuities, but it's also been employee benefits and and voluntary employee benefits. But it's always I've always, whether I was running sales or running marketing for a variety of different companies, I was always involved with tech. Um, we built an app at Symmetra Financial to do um, fixed annuity quotes on a daily basis as opposed to sending a fax. Um, I helped bring the first uh, laptop enrollment system out at Colonial Life back in the early 90s. Um, most recently, the last seven years, I've taken three different platforms to market um, enrollment platforms, one for uh, small employer groups for, on the employee benefit uh, side, so, so think of it as, hey, um, I'm a big company. I get an email from HR. I click the link, and there are all my benefits that I enroll. Well, mm -hmm. if you're a 30 person, you know, heating, uh, air conditioning contractor, your employees may or may not have a, a co corporate email. They may or may not have a corporate device, but they all have personal emails, and you can push that information out that way. So that's what we did. Um, I got. Uh, then worked for another carrier or another, another insure tech venture capital funded insure tech out of Austin, Texas, that had a platform that was multi-carrier, multi-product, but it was designed for high volume call centers. So think uh, Affordable Health Care Act enrollment, Medicare, Medicaid enrollment, MedSup enrollment, you know, annual enrollment between October and December. Um, they make their money not on those core enrolled products, but they make money on all of the value meal that they sell with it. So, you know, if the, if the, if, if the ACA is the, is the quarter pounder, the life, the vision, the dental are the fries, the, the Coke and the pie, right? For the value meal, that's where they make their money. But if you're trying to enroll that, you're toggling back and forth between one carrier to another, which means you've got to re-enter personal information over and over and over again. So a three product, four product sale could take 20 minutes. So if you have multi-carrier, multi-product, single sign-on, that takes the information one time. If the question is, 
identical from one product to another. It'll speed the information over to that other other question. So you might be able to do that same product sale in 10 minutes, talking to twice as many people. And then most recently, I was working with Munich Re as a consultant. They had a, a platform that they were using in Canada to sell voluntary employee benefits to backstop holes in the national healthcare system. As good as their national healthcare is, it's not that great. Um, they still have holes. Um, they wanted to bring it down to the United States and penetrate the worksite market. And so they, they brought me on board to consult in that respect. So after reviewing all the materials for two weeks, they asked me to go to New York and do a presentation. And my first slide read, shortest consulting gig on record. <laughs> because I told them that they didn't, they, they didn't want to go into that market because, you know, one, they didn't know Section 125. They didn't understand pre-taxation of benefits. They didn't have a TPA. They weren't a TPA. And they weren't prepared to bring on 30 to 40 carriers and all of their attending products onto the platform, which is going to be too much of an effort. Um, and so we pivoted and we went into the association affinity and gig space um, and created a very sublime enrollment system, very much uh, direct to association, then direct to the association member, direct to the gig, direct to the gig member, direct to the affinity group, to the affinity member. Um, so it's very much um, consumer, do your own thing, enroll yourself. And it, it was very much, getting, you, know, you give me the emails, we'll do the marketing, the consumer will self-enroll, they'll pay for it through bank draft or credit card, and there'll be a policy in their inbox when they shut down that website. So that's that's what, and so it, I got to flex a whole lot of muscle in that role. It was really cool. Distribution, strategy, biz dev, product development, um, customer journey. It was it was really what I think the, the intersection of insurance and insure tech is all about. So, so ro rolling out three platforms, uh, in, in the, in the last few, few years, uh, number, number one, what, 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 what were the, what were kind of the biggest learnings? Like if you could go back to, to, you know, take your DeLorean back to yourself six years ago and, and go like, Hey, this is going to make it a lot easier for you to survive the next few years. What, what are the, are the main learnings? Uh, well, I'm not doing 88 miles an hour I'm telling you that right now. So. Uh, <laughs> Really the biggest learning, and this happened in two of the three platforms. Don't be cheap with your development. And if you're smart, you won't go offshore. Um, we went offshore at, um, at the, the company out of Texas, and we went offshore at Munich Re. And we used, at Munich Re, I'll use this as, as the example, we used a system called Pega as the, as the pro programming system that, that ran the platform. And the problem with going with a vendor for a, a system or a, 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 or, or a program is that you get that vendor's flavor, the one that they understand the best. You don't necessarily get the best application of the application for your needs. If I had to do it over again, I would have gone to Hartford, Connecticut. I would have engaged PEGA. We would have spent more money per hour, but probably less money overall in the development. We would have gotten exactly what we wanted in the manner that we wanted it. And probably we had been given advice as to 
what not to do programmatically to make it better. Um, we ended up contracting with two vendors initially, had a falling out with those two vendors because they weren't making timelines. The baton handoff to, to the next set of vendors wasn't very good. So we lost a lot of, of time, effort and money. And uh, it just wasn't very good. The second thing I would tell you is if you're marketing to consumers, you need to make sure that you understand what that marketing means. What do I mean by that? When, when you market to the, to, to the masses, whether it's TV or print, it's, it's almost the board of play where you have to be all inclusive and show different flavors of the, of the melting pot that is the United States of America or the world for that matter, whether it be gender or, or race or you know, LGBTQ, whatever, that, that's, the, that's the board of play. But when you're marketing to an individual, you have to be very careful that the individual is seeing marketing that, that represents them. So I'll use the example, you, we were doing a, a, a marketing campaign to the State Bar of Texas. Our marketing image was of a very attractive African-American woman or a very attractive Indian woman, both of whom were lawyers in a lawyer setting. But we were marketing to, you know, 65-year-old white male Texas lawyers. They're not going to click on that. And what we found when we did our when we did research on the backside of our marketing and asked them why they weren't buying, they were like, you know, I get a ton of emails. I have two seconds to look. And when I see an email that doesn't seem to resonate with me, I'm not going to click on it. So we we lost, I don't know how many sales because we were trying to be socially redeeming. And we were, but that wasn't ringing the pay window. Um, so that was, you know, understand your market, understand how you're marketing. Nobody has figured out marketing to consumers yet from, from email. With, so there's lots to learn there. With, with how well Facebook slash Amazon slash Google know me. Uh, and that, now I'm an extreme case. That's frightening. Because I'm very active on, on, on all those platforms, right? Sure. Uh, so it's probably harder uh, with, with people who are not as active, but, but, but with how well the, the, the technology companies know me, I wonder, it's probably expensive, but I, but I wonder if, if, there, if there's a way to show me, to, to have 15 different images uh, and, and, and show me the one that, I, that, I, that, that is most like me, right? That was exactly what we were intending to do at, at Munich Re was give me, a, give me your email list of 500,000 names we will append, we can go out and append data. We can figure out, you know, for the most part, who those folks look like, who they are, what their interests are. There's, you know, there's a ton of stuff out there. And, um, excuse me, I have four Siberian Huskies and one of them wants to go out. And this never happens except when I'm on a Zoom call. So anyway, um, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm in the market for a new couch and I made the mistake of seeing a couch ad on, on Facebook and now all I get served up are couch ads. Um, and, and they're not really relevant to what I'm looking at. It's that it wasn't smart enough to know that I looked at this type of style. It's just serving out random couch ads. And so 
the you know you hear a lot about machine learning and AI, and a lot of that is just buzz. Because um, if it's truly machine learning, it would learn and wouldn't make the same mistake over and over again. And it would it would learn enough to know that if I haven't clicked on something in three days, you should probably stop. I, I get a ton of, of insurance ads. Uh, and and uh, it, it's, it's one of the most expensive keywords. Uh, and, and it's wasted on me because the, the reason I'm constantly looking at insurance stuff online is not because I'm buying insurance. It, it's, it's because insurance as a career, right? It, right. It, the, the career and the recruiting aspect of, of, of insurance, not I'm currently in the market, but be, because so many cookies on, on my on my computer are insurance related, I just get constant insurance ads. Right. But, but yeah, I do wonder if, if, if there's a way to, to, to better target those the, uh, the, the images in, in the in the ads if, if you if you're willing to spend to spend the money. There is, there is. I mean, the the idea is. I mean, when Munich shut the program down, I was working with an external marketer. We had solved a lot of the issues. He was ready to hit the send button on five hundred thousand emails to to physicians across the country, or the million dollar term product that was auto underwritten. Um, and this was a beautiful product. We actually went through, we did what insurance carriers all know they need to do. We went through all the questions and we rewrote them so that your average sixth grader could understand what they were. So and all that has had to be refiled with the states of, of, of insurance. And then we went and redid the policy form and it looks more like a brochure. It had photos, it had graphs, you know, it. It was something that people would read. Now, I would argue that every carrier on the planet knows they need to refile their forms so they're more user-friendly and knows they need to refile their, their, their app questions so they're more user-friendly, but they don't do it because time is the enemy and we have to get the product filed. We got to do this and we don't have time to redo all that. I would argue that you now no longer have the time not to do that. And... With with so many insured techs playing in, in so many different sites of of, of the industry, um, I I'm assuming that they are not making that mistake, right? Like if, if there's anything I, I hear all the time from insured techs is the application is beautiful, right? The the application only asks their questions that it, that it can't find uh, on on other databases and. Uh, it, it only asks you the follow-up question if, if it absolutely applies to you. Uh, so so I, I would think that, that they've also been careful to, to file uh, much more modern applications. Well, so you can't file an application unless you have a, an attending product to go with it. So the carrier would have to file the application. So my guess would be to backstop your assumption, they're using the questions that the carrier has given them, but they've put some AI behind it. So it's only serving up the questions that the, that applicant needs. Now, I, we had this, so when I tell you we refiled 400 qu reflexive questions, so imagine, yes, we have, we have an auto underwritten term product to a million dollars and we've got a, a very smart algorithmic engine and the ability to go out and append data from databases all throughout the web, MIB, MVR, you, you name it, we can get it, prescription databases. Um, 
if I went into the application and you went into the application, I'm going to be served up probably 14 different questions than you are because I might check, yeah, I have a little cholesterol problem or yeah, I have a little high blood pressure or maybe I'm a diabetic. Checking any one of those boxes is going to, is going to serve up reflexive questions that are going to be served up to me. But you may be a marathon runner, eat healthy, have a body mass index of you know 8% body fat. You skate right through with probably 10 questions and never see any of the questions that I get. And yet we'll both get a rate. Mine will be rated, yours won't. Um, that's what they're doing when they say they've got a beautiful app. So there's some of that in, going on behind the scenes. Okay. Um, I have two different sites that, 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 that I'd love to pick your brain on. Uh, let, let's... Let, let, let's let's go through through the career first so so you go to school get a degree in economics how did you end up in in, in the life insurance space um nobody picks the insurance industry as a exactly. career yeah it picks you so I, I i went to clemson got my economics degree went to ole miss got my mba it was a one-year program i couldn't afford not to do it and my married my wife nine days later no job it's, it's the mid 80s. So it tells you how old I am. And um, I ended up getting a job at Wausau Insurance Companies because it was it was a sales job. I'd run my dad's manufacturing rep. He was a manufacturer's rep in Michigan. I, I ran his business for a couple of summers when he was ill. And uh, so I knew I could sell. I knew I could, you know, drive a car, sell, do the things you need to do. And, you know, it's just product. Product is the easy part. So I did that for a number of years. But I always knew that I wanted to be the, the product manager or the brand manager that's what i really that was what sort of lit me up and made me say tilt when i was in school so i took a job with colonial life and became a product manager and brought a number of products to market and that's where i fell into the technology piece and then started working my way through you know different different carriers um different different you know held vp of marketing vp of sales roles a couple different places on the employee benefits side, the 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 um, voluntary employee benefits side, and on the life and annuity side, um, and then uh, I, I'm like the only person alive that can get downsized out of a job in in Seattle and find a new job in Detroit. But that's what happened. I ran a career agency for Prudential for three years here in in Michigan. Realized I that was just not a good fit for me. It was just not something I enjoyed doing. Um, and and left and went to work for the my first insure tech platform okay um so on 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 the life side i i know just enough to be dangerous uh so so much less than i know about pnc um last i had heard a few years ago the 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 innovations in that space were uh, kind of uh, like fast underwriting from like my saliva kind of thing. Uh, and, and some talk of, uh, I hope you can still hear me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, some talk of uh, wearables uh, someday help, you know, uh, be, being relevant. So, so I, I'm curious what, 
what what do you think is coming for for the future of 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 the live space interesting so i've had some interesting conversations wearables were like all the rage i think when the, when the i apple watch two or three came out that was going to be the thing and i there were even some carriers that were giving them away to their policyholders and if you wear it for a year and give us your data you could see a lower rate. Um, you know, here's what I'll tell you. The, the life insurance is never cheaper than it is the day you buy it because the following day you're a day older. You get older, yeah. So I don't care how much healthier you get. You're, that, that one year on the actuarial table is a killer. Um, the saliva-based testing is interesting. I've actually had a conversation with a, with a gentleman that, that has a company, it's called Foxo. And he found a saliva-based test at UCLA, and it's epigenetics. Now, you can't do DNA testing for purposes of underwriting for life insurance. Okay. This is, this is epigenetics, so think metadata on a cell phone, okay? It's not DNA, it's the level above DNA, but it will, it, it is, being tested right now, and so far early results are it's as it's as good or possibly better than a full pyramid. So imagine if you were able to marry this saliva-based test with an auto underwritten policy that has pretty competitive rates, and you use the saliva-based test to verify that what you think you're getting on the application from the auto written application is actually true, then you've got a higher degree of actuarial certainty for your rate. And you're probably taking the app on a Monday and issuing the policy on a Friday. So well, you've removed the pain point that every, every rep has, which is I don't sell life insurance because it's three weeks to three months. I have to babysit the carrier. If I don't babysit the carrier, nothing gets done and my client will go out and buy a flat screen TV, spend $1,500 on the TV, and there goes my, there goes my premium and I'm never gonna get them to buy it, you know? <laughs> so, that's so, what's gonna, and that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, so, so, so they, 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 something made them worried about dying, uh, but- Three they, months is a long time to forget about. Three weeks later, they, they forgot, the, yeah, the, the emotional yeah. effect of that is, is, is no longer yeah. Uh, no longer there. Yeah, my friend died of COVID, but that was three months ago. You know, I'm so over that now. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the recency you know, bias it, is... And it, I, I don't mean to speak gone. ill of that, but and COVID has been good for the life insurance industry because it's, it's caused people to look at their own mortality. But that doesn't, that doesn't take away from the fact that it's still painful to be underwritten for life insurance. I mean, it's, it's excruciating. I, I mean, I worked for Prudential bought some life insurance. My wife and I both got new policies. We had to be underwritten. It was, you know, paramed. And even for me as an employee, it was almost 90 days for underwriting. And it was ridiculous. And it, sh it shouldn't be like that. I mean, we're all used to click buy done, right? And in the, in the life insurance industry is anything but click buy done. And if it is click by done, it's click by done with a 50% premium because you're, they're afraid they're going to be adversely selected against. So 
you know, unfortunately, there isn't enough algorithmic data. There aren't enough algorithms and there's not enough ways to append data to get your price for an auto underwritten term policy equal to the price of a fully underwritten term policy. There's always going to be a premium. Where, 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 where I stand on that is if the premium is, is, isn't severe, people will do it. It's sort of the, I'll use the example of you can go to the grocery store and pick up that loaf of bread and milk and stand behind, you know, Mrs. Smith with her two kids and her two baskets of groceries. Even if you're in the, you know, self-checkout line, you're still waiting. Or you can go to 7-Eleven, you can buy the same loaf of bread, the same gallon of milk, and you might spend 50 cents more. But you got out of there in five minutes versus 25 minutes. Well, is it worth it? Is it worth it to you? And the short answer is yes, it's worth it to you. Up to a certain level of policy. I think once you get past probably five million in in face value, then it's significant money. Then it becomes significant money. But if we're talking uh, the difference between, you know, a hundred and twenty dollars a month and a hundred and thirty dollars a month. Most people aren't going to blink at ten bucks a month if it gets them their policy in a, in five days versus ninety. I, I I love the grocery example because I I, I am uh, the extreme of that. Uh, I, I no kids and my girlfriend and I eat very very differently. I, I'm keto and, and she's very much not. Uh, so so we cook separately. Uh, it, so so I. And, and I'm really inefficient in the grocery store. Like, like, like I am not good at, at finding stuff. Uh, so it takes me forever. I don't, I don't like doing it. Uh, so so, so, I, so I, I, 100% of my grocery is Instacart. Uh, I, I get it all delivered. And yeah, it, it's more expensive, but the convenience is absolutely worth it. Uh, now, if, if, if I had, you know, three kids, it, it, like that, the expense of, of, of Instacart for everything would, would, would make a huge difference, but with just one person, it really, it's really not that big of a difference. Uh, so yes, I completely get <laughs> how uh, the, the fast underwriting makes sense uh, if, if the premium difference is not, it's better than the pain, yeah. Right. I mean, and so many of the so many of the, the the carriers out there today that are you're hearing on the radio that are advertising, you know, it's 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 basically, you know, instant issue underwriting. On average, it's 35 to 40 percent of the time and the rest of the other 60 percent of the time the people are being kicked back out into a call center for a part two app and a paramed. And that's not what we signed up for. But, you know, it. The data isn't there, and and you know, given HIPAA, it won't be um, un until such time uh, as we figure something else out. Which is why I think the saliva thing is so brilliant. Now, I'll covet. Let me let me just add that this gentleman has reached out to a number of different insurance carriers. He's got a relationship with a reinsurer, and they're going to use their auto underwritten engine to 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 work with this. But carriers are squeamish about trying something new they never want to be the first they want to be the third or the fourth and i'm looking at this going every carrier on the planet knows they need to do something they need to be innovative they know they're going to be left behind if amazon comes out with an insurance if they if they buy a shell company and they start filing product and selling product guess where everybody's going to buy their product they're going to buy it on amazon 
And these insurance companies are going to be, you know, nothing but books of business that get sold. Um, I, I, I've been worrying about, about, you know, one of the tech companies coming into insurance for a long time. And the conclusion I, I've, I've come to is, is that luckily the, uh, our uh, return on capital is, is not high enough to be exciting for them. They just have better uh, investments. Uh, I, I, I think that they'll continue kind of playing on the distribution side a little bit, but, but I, I can't imagine them becoming a carrier. If interest uh, rates go back up to what they were, you know, if you can get a 5% annuity, do a five by five annuity, now all of a sudden carriers can start making money without an underwriting profit. They can make money on their investment, which is what they used to do. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, which is why so many life, traditional life insurance carriers got out of the business and sold their life block, sold their life divisions because they couldn't make money on it. It was, you know, just too hard. But yeah, I, the, the carriers know they need to do something. They're not sure what they want to do. If they're doing something in-house, likelihood is it, it won't come to fruition because it's always scope creep. It's never done. Um, they try to build something in an ivory tower, take it out to the market. And what they really need to do is a crawl, walk, run approach in phases, test, retest, learn, relearn, so that when you finally bring it to market, people are like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted, as opposed to thinking you know what they want. You know, we... That's, that's where the automakers made their mistakes, you know, back in the 70s is they thought they knew what the population wanted and they were wrong and they weren't listening. Now they listen. Um, or you have carriers that are investing in 30 different insure tax all at once, hoping that, you know, two of the 30 stick to the wall and may have some tangential impact on what they're doing and they can actually leverage that investment. You know, I, I'm not saying either is the wrong way to do it. They're both potential solutions at least they're doing something but i think you you know i think it's like anything no decision is a de facto decision and you know i think i would rather make a decision and go down go down a path try something new knowing that you know um an obstacle is simply a detour on my way to my destination uh yeah i I like to try something new approach otherwise we'll just never improve and change. I mean, think about it. If you're the carrier that fixes the pain point that every life insurer has, which is the delay, the time, the effort, the delay, and the babysitting, if you fix that, you don't think you're going to be the carrier of choice with every IMO on the planet? Of course you are. Of course you are. Um, You know, and it's it's the same with, um, with, with anything else. It's just, you, you, Carriers can no longer afford to be hard to do business with. You've got legacy processes, legacy procedures, you know, and in a lot of cases, you know, it's, it's just, you have to be willing to say, okay, we're just going to, we're going to reinvent this. It worked for, it worked for 80 years, but just because it worked for 80 years doesn't mean it's going to sustain us for 80 more. Okay. Um, Great chatting with you. It's, it's, it's been very interesting. Like I said, uh, it's, it's an, uh, an area of, of the business that I, that I just don't know that much about. Uh, so, so always interesting to chat with people for, 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 from the live side. And, and especially uh, with success in, in uh, launching something new in the last few years. 
since it, it's so important for our industry to to uh, to get good at that. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's um, this is a this is a fun forum, a first for me, and uh, uh, I've, you can tell I'm pretty passionate about the industry and what we do, and and you know driving change. And I you know I feel like this is the the this industry, whether you're in employee benefits or voluntary benefits or life or annuities, you know, we we as people in the industry do well by doing good. The the, the products we sell industry. are socially redeeming. You can look yourself in the mirror every day you're brushing your teeth and feel good about what you do and know that you know somewhere along the line you've impacted someone's life. You may not know it directly, but you have. And 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 that's 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 all we can ever ask is to is to just do the very best we can by doing doing well. So um, thank you for your time today and for for your audience. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you.